Well, it is just a joy being back with you for our online morning devotions. I'm so grateful to Alan Ford, who has been sharing over these past three weeks. But also thank you so much for worshipping with us here at Stevenson High Kirk in North Ayrshire. I'm the Reverend Scott Cameron, and I do pray that, that as you join us this morning, that you'd be refreshed, inspired, as you pursue the joy of the Lord. Well, as we worship the Lord together, we now sing in our opening hymn, Before the Throne of God Above.
Well, let us unite our hearts as we pray together. Let's pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we come this day to the place of prayer. We come at your invitation and command, and so as we draw near to you, please draw near to us. O oh, may the heavenly fragrance of Christ sweeten our fellowship as we worship in your presence. And as we wait upon you, O oh, may drops of mercy and forgiveness touch our lips as we thirst after you. And may a river of blessing restore life and joy to our hearts. O oh, let a shower of blessing fall, bringing refreshing and renewal. O oh, we can sing with the hymn writer of old, let it come, O Lord, we pray thee. Let the shower of blessing fall. We are waiting, we are waiting. O oh, revive the hearts of all. O oh, as we worship in the quietness of our homes. O oh, let us experience your tangible presence filling every room and quicken us by the enabling power of your Holy Spirit where we may be transformed more into the likeness of Christ. As we bow our hearts in prayer, we now lift our voices in praise unto the King Eternal, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And in thanksgiving we now join our hearts in the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory for ever. Amen. Well, I'm now going to invite Daniel to come and read to us from the Word of God. Thanks, Daniel. This morning we read in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, and verses 9 and 10. All the people came together as one and square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. And then we read from verse 9. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. May the God bless to us the reading of his precious word. Amen. Well, a young lady wrote into a newspaper column, I feel like a fraud. I no longer know what is wrong with me. I just view life a lot differently than I used to. I feel as if I experienced everything in life. It's all the same. I can smile, I can jump up and down, and I can be positive. But it doesn't change how I feel, and the guilt I feel for doing absolutely nothing. 
I wouldn't mind if I was a recluse on an island. I could live alone for the rest of my life, or just lay in bed forever. I'm not depressed. I just have no joy. Well, the absence of joy left her feeling tired, weary and weak. Through the pandemic, there has been little joy for many. And due to the absence of joy, people are feeling tired, weary and weak. Now let me take it a wee bit further. I believe also that the absence of the joy of the Lord will also leave Christians feeling tired, weary and weak. Oh, to know God's joy. There is nothing more invigorating and life-giving. Oh, to know God's joy over your life. Oh, it brings hope and a newness of life. In the days of Nehemiah, they had lost their joy. Therefore they felt they had no hope, no life. Well, God had promised a future king, a future temple, a future kingdom. According to the promise made to Abraham, God would bless his people and make them a great nation who will be a blessing to all nations. But here they were, discouraged, disappointed, depressed. And with the absence of joy, they were also feeling tired, weary and weak. Well, after their captivity in Babylon, many returned to their homeland. Some of the Jewish people who had lived in Babylon had never been to Jerusalem. They were born in exile, yet they knew the wonderful stories of God and the city of David. And so on their return to Jerusalem, how disappointing to see the temple was still in ruins. The walls were burned to the ground and the people had lost heart. Well, in the book of Ezra, we read how God raised up Zerubbabel, who would rebuild the altar and then the temple, and Ezra the priest, who would reunite God's people around God's word. And finally, God would raise up Nehemiah, who would lead the rebuilding of the walls of the city. Well, when Zerubbabel had completed the temple, not all celebrated. There were those who remembered the days of Solomon's temple, when the cloud of God's glorious presence filled the sanctuary. But where was the cloud of God's glory this time? And so they wept for God's glory and presence. Oh, how they longed for a greater temple. This wasn't just a group of grumpy old men complaining that things aren't as good as the good old days. No, this was something much deeper. They were absolutely heartbroken. This small group, oh, how they mourned and grieved. They knew something was missing. This was to be a time of celebration. The second temple was now complete. But where was the presence of God that we read of in the days of Solomon when the first temple was completed? Oh, where's the cloud of his glory? This was meant to be a time of great joy, but instead this small gathering just wept, longing for the glory of God. Oh, they had lost their joy. Oh, can I ask you a question this morning? Have you lost your joy? Without joy, we are left feeling weak. We feel lifeless. It's possible to get excited about church, evangelism and outreach. We can get fired up about our ministries, being missional, being relevant. But without joy, we're left vulnerable and weak. And without the joy of the Lord, the church is left vulnerable and weak. Oh, have you lost that sense of the joy of the Lord? 
Oh, can I encourage you this morning. It has always been the heart of God to restore joy to his church. Now, I'm not referring to worldly joy. I'm sure you already know that song. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I have a wonderful feeling. Everything's going my way. No, this is not the joy I want to share about this morning. When the church grows weak and becomes tired and weary, oh, we can lose heart. We lose our joy. Worship can become a dull duty. Meditating upon the scriptures can become an empty routine. And then we lose that excitement and expectation of meeting the Lord in prayer. Oh, to feel his presence and knowing his smile. Yes, once the Lord meant everything to us. We knew that place of peace and rest in Christ that would bring us then into the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Well, Andrew Murray writes in his book, Living a Prayerful Life, he says this, Joy is the sign that God is everything to you. Well, last year, during the lockdown, we shared on the believish joy in the Lord from Paul's letter to the Philippians. And then just before um, the holidays there at the end of June, we shared on the joy of our salvation there from Psalm 51. But this morning, I want us to return again to that theme of joy, where we reflect on God's joy over the believer, there from the book of Nehemiah. Well, listen again to Nehemiah in chapter 8 and at verse 10. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then in chapter 12 at verse 43 we read, Also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. Well, Ezra had opened up the scriptures, and now God was speaking through his word and through the priests who helped the people to understand the scriptures clearly. A wave of conviction just came over the people. They would weep knowing they had sinned before a holy, holy, holy God. And so there in their distress, they're then told not to mourn though. Don't mourn, but rejoice. This is to be a time of celebration. Yes, even in the midst of their experience of their own sinfulness, they were told, oh, celebrate. Rejoice in the Lord. They were to celebrate God's goodness and faithfulness. They were to rejoice in the joy of the Lord. And so as we consider the joy of the Lord, we notice that the joy of the Lord is divine. It is the joy of the Lord, God's joy. Knowing God's joy is what brings us strength. Our strength doesn't come from our joy towards God. No, it's his joy towards us that brings us strength. It's a spiritual joy. This joy is a response to the goodness of God. It rejoices in God himself, his character, his works, his promises, his glory. I love John Piper's phrase, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. The Apostle Paul also writes to the Philippians there in chapter 3 at verse 1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Yes, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is also, it's inward, it's not outward. 
It's not dependent on your circumstances. This joy is not a fleeting sensation, a momentary sense of happiness. No, it's an inner joy rooted in the deep, deep love of Jesus. This joy is also eternal. God loves us with an everlasting love. Oh, he delights in his people eternally. All who he calls to himself, his precious bride, the Lord's people, he will love for all eternity and into eternity. Yes, he hates our sin, but oh, how he loves the sinner. Even the angels were told, rejoice over that one sinner who repents who turns to the Lord for forgiveness, mercy and grace. Oh, the joy of the Lord. Well, that joy is also sweeter than anything the world can offer. Money, houses, cars, drinks, drugs, binging on Netflix. (laughs) Well, to experience the love and joy of Christ. Oh, it is sweeter than wine. Yes, the fruit of the Spirit is love, but the fruit of the Spirit is also joy. Oh, the joy of the Lord. It's purer, a rose without thorns, a well of delight. Yes, the joy of the Lord is divine. But we also notice that the joy of the Lord is also a source of strength. It is a source of strength through all the seasons of life. The 17th century Scottish Puritans believed that the Lord's Supper had a twofold purpose, the strengthening of faith and the flourishing of joy. Oh, I like that. Oh, yes, the joy of the Lord is a source of strength through times of guilt and shame, when we haven't been diligent in our reading, in our praying, in our gathering together as a church. Oh, the joy of the Lord is such a source of strength. In times of suffering, be of good cheer, the Lord says, fear not. When we have conflicts with Satan, that dragon of old who wants to wear down the saints, to cause us such weariness, oh, the joy of the Lord is such a source of strength in these times. When you're feeling alone and abandoned, in Psalm 77 at verse 7 to 9, Listen to the heart of the psalmist. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again show me favour? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Has his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be kind? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? Oh, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt so alone, so abandoned, that you even question God's love, his unfailing love? his mercy, his grace. Oh, the joy of the Lord is such a source of strength through these times. And even at the hour of death, even through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll be with you, we're told in Psalm 23. He can even cause our cup to overflow. And like the old gospel song, my cup is full and running over. Oh, in the hour of death, The joy of the Lord is such a source of strength. Well, I wonder, have you ever gone through a season where you feel spiritually dry? Nothing satisfies. You have no desire to seek after God. You you have no desire for his presence. No desire to even pray. 
you just feel such an emptiness. Oh, well, in times of dryness, God promises, I will pour floods upon dry ground. Yes, even in times of dryness, the joy of the Lord is such a source of strength to us. Well, this morning, I want to stir your heart to pursue joy, to pray for it, to long for it, to wait for it, and to receive it. I'm not asking you to pursue a feeling of joy, not even a feeling of joy towards the Lord. No, but to pursue the joy of the Lord, God's joy, his delight over you. For that joy of the Lord is divine. It is a source of strength. But let me finish with this thought. The joy of the Lord also produces fruit. And we see that here in Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord caused the people in Nehemiah's day to be fruitful. They were fruitful in their praise. There we read Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. They were also fruitful in their sacrifices. In chapter 12, verse 43, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced. They were fruitful in their hearts, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. Oh, their hearts were full and running over with the joy of the Lord. They were fruitful in their families. We're told here that the wives also and the children rejoiced. And the joy of the Lord produced fruit in the community. We're told that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. Isn't that amazing? They came to know the joy of the Lord, which was followed by a season of revival and renewal. Well, the question that is left upon my own heart here this morning is how can I experience this joy This joy of the Lord, which is a source of strength. Well, in Nehemiah, we're told that when they experienced this joy, they were listening to the word of God. The ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Yes, they listened to God's word. They met together to worship. We're told that they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord. How can I experience the joy of the Lord? Oh, we're to listen to the word of God. We're to read it. We're to meditate upon it. We're to worship together. We're also told that they repented and mourned sincerely of their sins. All the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And they trusted and obeyed. We're told that they knew great joy because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Well, Eric Liddell, one of Scotland's great athletes, once said, When I run, I feel his pleasure. We are all missionaries. Wherever we go, we either bring people nearer to Christ or we repel them from Christ. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. Oh, I like that. When I run, I feel his pleasure. Oh, to know the joy of the Lord, to be our strength, to run the race of faith and to know his pleasure, his joy, his delight. 
Well, members of the Christian band Wren Collective, Gareth and Ali Gilkison, knew the heartbreak of losing a child in pregnancy after miscarrying. Well, Ali said it was a difficult time when we had to actively pursue joy and find our strength. Well, Gareth also shared we chose joy, faith and trust rather than despair and cynicism. We wouldn't have gotten through that time if it wasn't for God's strength. Most people think that joy is just for happy people or optimists. In a difficult time, joy is what gave us the strength to go on. Well, through this experience, they were able to sing these words. In the dead of night, I lift my eyes. I lift my eyes to you. Though the waters rise, I lift my eyes. I lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you, Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance. In the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, it is not God's purpose that you live your Christian life tired, weary, weak and discouraged. No, but in your weakness and in your despair and in your weariness, oh, you can be filled with joy, the joy of the Lord. Why not pray this morning, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, Yes, that God would restore to you the joy of your salvation, but oh, that he would restore to you the deep joy of Christ, the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Oh, it is my prayer for the church in our day, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that in all its weakness, God's strength would come and display, but more, that God's joy would pour forth from the windows of heaven, Oh, may you know his unspeakable joy over you this morning. And may you be able to sing, When with the ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see, Twill be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. Oh, may God bless you and encourage you, and may his joy be a source of strength to you, whatever you're going through. Amen. Well, I'm now going to invite Helen Wilson to lead us in our intercessory prayers. Thanks, Helen. Let us pray together. As we come into your presence, past the gates of praise, into your sanctuary, till we are standing face to face, we look upon your countenance and see the fullness of your grace. We can only bow down and say, You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of our praise. To you our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. Father, we thank you that we can come together to meet with you, whether online or in church buildings. We look forward to the restrictions being lifted and being free to raise our voices in praise and worship to you, almighty God. As we look back over the past months, we note that many have been isolated and some relationships have drifted apart. And as a church, we are grieving the loss of loved ones. Yet we thank you that you are our rock and a very present help in trouble and you can heal what is broken. We pray that we will see you move in power 
and the numbers returning to worship together will increase. Draw us closer to you and to each other and let us see positive outcomes from this pandemic. We pray for those in our community who have recently been bereaved and for our brothers and sisters who are struggling through difficult circumstances. May they all know your comfort and strength. We think also of the many who are still suffering due to COVID-19 and we ask you to protect and strengthen the brave people who are serving others on the front line. We again ask you to bless all who faithfully preach your word and bring the good news of Jesus to our communities. We so long to see your Holy Spirit move in revival over the land, bringing salvation and healing to many and glory to your name. Fill us with hope, joy and peace as we stand on your promise to lead us by your right hand and to help us in our time of need. May we, your church, be bold witnesses for you as we seek to honour you in our daily lives and may we go forward in the strength and joy of the Lord to serve you wholeheartedly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers as we ask all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Helen, for leading us in our intercessory prayers. Well, we're now going to worship together as we sing in our closing hymn, Nearer, Still Nearer.
And now let us go in the strength of the Lord and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and always. Amen.